This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSC.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. And good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. It's a busy Tuesday night. Lots to talk about. Uh, with the big story, of course, being what happened today at South Carolina. Ray Tanner will join us at the bottom of the hour to talk more about it. But if you weren't aware, you weren't paying attention, uh, South Carolina today announced that they have – what's the word I'm looking for? They have kicked off a campaign. They are starting uh, the process to uh, have about a what they called a billion-dollar – project built around uh, Williams-Brice Stadium and also the Colonial Life Arena on property that USC owns. They've got about uh, close to 900 acres, they said, most of it between the football building over on the practice facility side of things and the Congaree River, about 17 acres around the uh, Colonial Life Arena. And so uh, they started the process today by filing what's called a uh, Request for Information, an RFI, basically that uh, is to get people, developers, to contact them and come out and evaluate the property and give them ideas about what they can develop and also participate in the um, financial side of it because the university would lease the land to these developers and the developers would uh, put up the money and develop the land like developers do. The developers, in working with the university, would find the businesses to come in, and it would be a win-win situation for everybody. And a major part of this as well, more work on Williams-Brice Stadium. You know, Williams-Brice Stadium is approaching 100 years old. I think it was built, if my memory is right, I think it was built like in 1932, 1934. And there's still a lot of old stuff there. Not that old, but I mean things that need upgrading, as people will tell you. Concessions, uh, concourses, uh, restrooms, uh, more luxury suites. They have the fewest number of luxury suites, second fewest number of luxury suites in the SEC, according to USC. All that needs to be upgraded, which could mean, likely will mean, a, a reduction in capacity because the last time they put in uh, new luxury s- seating, uh, they cut out about um, roughly, what, 5,000 seats? They went from like 82 to 77. Wouldn't be surprised if they uh, took it down below 77 because they'd have to have room to put in these uh, these luxury suites. So um, the, the bottom line here is South Carolina is uh, engaging in a uh, big, big deal here that will – totally um, update the area around Williams-Brice Stadium, uh, totally modernize it, um, change the landscape. Uh, We're talking about 
thousands of jobs being created through both the construction side and the uh, implementing side of it as far as running the businesses. And, I mean, it is definitely a win-win for everybody associated with uh, USC, no question about it. It is a win-win situation. And, you know, South Carolina, uh, for, for, you know, its, its entirety, as I was telling uh, Chris earlier today, and he'll be joining us in a moment, uh, Chris Bergen from the Berge Palace, which needs no renovations, which needs no updating. But if my memory's right, the original USC football stadium was on campus, was it not, where the, where the library is, where the Thomas Cooper Library sits. I think I read that one time a long time ago. And, of course, it was not very big back when they were playing football in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Uh, again, they built this stadium. The city of Columbia built what is now williams Bryce Stadium in, like, 1930s. And so the Thomas Cooper uh, area there, right in, in, in downtown Columbia, heart of campus, uh, not big enough to contain a, a huge stadium as things developed over the years. You know, they they added on, well, they built that stadium out on Bluff Road. And what was it originally, like 20-something thousand, then it went to 40,000 seats, and it went to about 60,000, then it kept growing and growing. And didn't have room to do that on campus. So, um but the point was, USC was always at a disadvantage because they didn't have an on-campus facility. And I think I'll, I've always thought there was some truth to that from a, uh, a recruiting standpoint and from a, a fan enjoyment standpoint. Boy, it's so nice to go on your campus if you're a graduate and be able to go on your campus and park somewhere and walk to your stadium, everything right there on campus. Well, you know, Gamecock fans, uh, except for those around during that uh, earlier era of the first stadium, I've uh, never had that luxury. Uh, but now, you know, the city of Columbia, as you well know, is growing out that way. The university is growing out that way. You got more and more student housing uh, being built out that way. And this is another way to have the city, to have the university in the city just sort of encompass that entire area, sort of bringing the stadium onto an expanded campus to where eventually. I think the campus will reach all the way out there, and it will be, quote-unquote, an on-campus facility. So it's a win-win situation for South Carolina. This is a long process. This ain't happening overnight. It's not going to affect any football season, according to Ray Tanner. The work at the stadium can be done between seasons. And, of course, the work on the acreage, that's going to be you know well away from the football stadium back on the other side of the – football practice field so that's not going to affect that either so that's a good thing but this is a big deal this is a big deal for South Carolina it's being done to further enhance the uh, the fans um, when the fan goes to a ball game when you folks go to ball games and going to the game is is not enough for you and tailgating is not enough for you uh, this is to add to that side of things now what will they build you know, what's possible? Hotels, uh, restaurants, uh, tailgate spots. Um, who knows? Who knows what they'll throw out there? Um, casino. First thing that came to my mind was, you know, in South Carolina, of course, gambling is not legal in the state yet, but they they are talking about um, betting on horses becoming legal. You know, on, I guess online betting on horses becoming legal in South Carolina. 
And, uh, you know, eventually, don't you think eventually we're going to have legalized gambling in South Carolina where you can just go into a casino in Myrtle Beach, in Charleston, in Hilton Head, in Latta, in Pelzer? How about a casino in Pelzer? Um, And how about one right there with this new development in South Carolina? What they want to make it is a year-round functioning area, the football facility and this new development. They want to make it a 365-day-a-year attraction. And what better way to attract people than a casino? (laughs) On the river. You got the Congaree River, put the casino on the river, and my goodness, you talk about you talk about uh, you know the tax base and everything that that would create from a a tax incentive, a tax improvement standpoint. Uh, that would be that would be really large. So that was the big news today from uh, South Carolina. Gamecocks dominating the news cycle today with that uh, with that information. It was kind of interesting how they handled everything today. Because for the first time that I can ever remember, and of course they've had many, many big, important news conferences, firing of coaches, hiring of coaches, ADs coming, ADs going, uh, press conferences about new facilities. Never before have we had a situation where they actually uh, invited the media in for a an off-the-record briefing before the public announcement. The public announcement came at 1.30. Everything was embargoed until then. And the media were invited, and whoever wanted to show up could show up. The media were invited to sit in and listen to USC officials and to Ray Tanner and to a Chance Miller and to, and to the, the CFO of the university. Um, and I think what they wanted to do Well, first of all, they wanted to be very open about things. They wanted to be um, crystal clear that this is all in the open. There's nothing, no surprises here, nothing hidden here. They also, I guess, wanted to lay out for us exactly what they were doing so we would have an understanding of what they're doing, you know, this first process of the RFI, and then what happens with the developers and what they want to hear from the developers and, and then where it goes from there. Um, you know, it, this is a, uh, a, a state of South Carolina procurement situation, and that is a slow, tedious process. You know, any of the state institutions that gets, you know, state money and they want to build things and they want to buy things, so they have to go through the state procurement process. It's a very slow, tedious process. This is not something that's going to happen and be turned around overnight by any means. But – when it is done, when it is done, they say it's a it's a game changer for the university and for USC athletics. Of course, as I mentioned to Ray Tanner after he finished his remarks today, generally fan enthusiasm and fan enhancement uh, is improved by having winning teams, right? I mean, you can have uh, the best uh, restaurants and places all around your stadium and a great environment out there. But if your team stinks uh, in, inside your stadium, the environment, the fan environment's not going to be all that great. Uh, so you got to win. And it would be more pressure on the coaches uh, to win, of course. So, uh, But that's, that's par for the course. You know, if you want to, and we'll ask Tanner about this when he joins us in a little bit, I mean, I think the first thing that comes to people's minds would be, 
like the battery in Atlanta, you know, what that's done for the Braves. It's helped the Braves that the Braves, of course, have been division champions, World Series champions, et cetera, really good teams since they moved out to um, Gwinnett County. Uh, if the Braves had, you know, if this were the 1980s Braves playing out there, I'm not so sure they'd have the same feeling about it, but they don't. They've got a really, really good team, and they got a beautiful surrounding out there with hotels and restaurants and everything else to enjoy and then go to your baseball game. So that is, I guess, some of the things that South Carolina is uh, looking at. When uh, Coach Tanner joins us, we'll ask him for his big-picture uh, opinion about what he wants to see. Then at 730 – we continue checking in on baseball teams around the state. Chad Holbrook from the College of Charleston will join us, and we'll talk with him about his team. Of course, we've got basketball tonight, South Carolina playing tonight at Missouri. The Gamecocks looking to snap that long losing streak against a pretty good Missouri team, and we'll see how they uh, handle things tonight coming off that a very disappointing loss on Saturday to uh, Arkansas. Chris Bergen now with us from the Bergie Palace, which I mentioned needs no updating. <laughs> uh, needs needs nothing done to it to to enhance the fun around the uh, Bergie Palace. But what about that news today from South Carolina? Uh, they say game changer. I don't think that's understating it when you're talking about a project that could reach into the billions, 1B, into the billions. I wish that were true about the Bergie, you know, the Bergie estate here. We've actually just put in a new fence in the backyard and nice. we're redoing our back porch. So, yeah, there are improvements going on here. Not to the scale that USC is about to embark upon, but uh, the Battery Atlanta is an interesting comparison, Phil, and I think that would be something, if that's how this ultimately plays out, I think Gamecock fans would be thrilled with something like that. I did like your idea about a casino, but I'm thinking more so, I mean, is there there an opportunity for like six flags over williams Bryce Stadium? Or would we look at a possibility of an amusement park out there? Something maybe along the lines of a Broadway at the beach type deal where you could add, you know, water slide park, a, a miniature golf park. I mean, there, there's multiple, multiple options. Mm -hmm. And I guess the key has to be, it would have to be something along the lines of hotels, restaurants, and that type of thing, right? And, and condominiums for it, it would still have to have some sort of tie into football, right? You're not going to stick a Walmart out there, are you? Not, not a knock on Walmart, but just using a retail store. I mean, yeah. it, would, it would seem to me it would have to be something that's got at least a little bit of a football centric theme to it. I would think so. I mean, again, a place to hang out before you go over to the stadium, a place to go to. Uh, I am, I can envision uh, more condos, I can envision mm -hmm. um, a major hotel. I can envision, um, you know, restaurants, pubs. Um, I don't know what else you could put in there from an entertainment standpoint. Maybe a, a concert venue type thing, you know, where you want your, your band to play or you bring in bands to go and play and people sit around. Yeah, there's all kind of things you can do. That's why they're throwing it out there for developers who are professionals in this line of work to come in with the ideas and tell them, okay, this is what you need to do, and this is how much it's going to cost you. I think it is a, it, the options I would think are pretty much endless. I guess, I guess it's as far as your imagination can go, and then also how much money people are willing to spend to to reap their benefits. I mean, hotels are going to have to see some sort of return on their investment, and I'm not sure you want to put in a five-star hotel for an area that may only get eight events a year. 
with regards to football. So I would think something else has to go out there as well, whether it be a concert venue, an amphitheater type thing, or something like an amusement park or a situation like that, stores, restaurants, and the like, to make it worthwhile where someone would like to come in, say, to Columbia and spend a weekend out there, not necessarily during the fall. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have to be something during the summertime you would, you would hope people would come out there as well. Well, the idea is to make a williams Bryce and that area a year-round usage facility. I can imagine things like weddings and parties and all kinds of stuff taking place, receptions taking place, and trying to make it into a more year-round venue that attracts people from all over the state, maybe all over the region, uh, to come in and, and, and have their thing there. So, again, we got Ray Tanner coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes or so, so we will, uh, we will pick his brain and see what – he kind of has in the in the back of his mind. Um, meantime, uh, our phone number, 888-898-2525, South Carolina uh, Lottery, uh, South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number uh, here on Sports Talk. Uh, we'll take your phone calls uh, throughout the evening in between our interview segments with uh, Ray Tanner and Chad Holbrook and update some other news notes of the day for you. Uh, plenty of recruiting that we'll get to as well. Let's go ahead and jump to the phones. And Andy in Columbia, going to be first up tonight here on Sports Talk as a uh, resident of Columbia and obviously a Gamecock fan that you are, Andy. Your thoughts on this news today? Well, first off, hello, Corn, Chris, and Pat. Can we just get right to the point? Second, happy birthday to the captain. It's his birthday today, so just want to throw that out there. Is it really? Yes, it is really. What, he hit 60? Corn, he he ain't pushing near you and I yet. (laughs) Harry Rich had a birthday today. Very nice. Best birthday present he could get, guys, tonight. Say again, Andy. Say again. What's that? I said it's still going on. He hasn't had a birthday. He's having a birthday today. Gotcha. Gotcha. My next birthday, I've got my next birthday planned out. I am going to go find a house and sit in the dark for four days and meditate and then see what I'm like four days after sitting in the dark, like Aaron Rodgers is going to do. That's what I'm going to do for my next birthday. Well, I thought you were going to do ayahuasca instead and go down to Peru and do yourself a out-of-body experience. I hadn't heard of that one. That's what Rodgers did this last year. I don't want to leave my body. I like being in my body just like it is. I don't need an out-of-body experience. Okay, regarding what's going on or supposedly going to go on, the first thing they need to do there is do something with the bathrooms, because I think they're the still same bathrooms from the first time I went to a game at the old stadium when it was called Carolina Stadium back <laughs> in the 60s. Those things are disgusting in there. Mm-hmm. They need to do something about that. Second off, it would be nice if this school would finally do something with the Hall of Fame and build a Hall of Fame building. And third, y'all need to realize there's only eight actual football games a year here maybe maybe it might only be seven some years so don't think they're going to evolve all this around football there's going to have to be other attractions to bring people there the other 357 or 58 days of the year that there's not a football game going. what would you suggest um like i said water water parks maybe water slides maybe um, a casino would be great, but you know it's never going to happen here. Never, my lord, never. 
I mean, come on. Eventually, eventually, they're going to cave on that. They're going to see the revenue yeah, right. stream. You don't think that they'll eventually cave? Just like, little by little, little by little, gambling is taking over every part of our society. You can't look at sports television anywhere without seeing something related to gambling. You can't look at your cell phone without seeing something related to gambling. Well, this state's too backwards. You know how much revenue this state lost when they took away the uh, the poker machines? Oh, a ton. Yeah, exactly. So don't think that revenue is going to make this these idiot idiots here think. You know how much money is going to be bet on the Super Bowl this weekend? Sixteen billion dollars. How much of that is South Carolina going to earn? Zero. Hmm. Okay. I mean, just think of the tax money we could get off of that. How much money but, are South Carolinians spending? betting on the Super Bowl through offshore accounts. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If mm. it could all be done in home, we could we could be sitting pretty nice. Now, I've heard people talking about a golf course for this area. Golf courses are, are folding left and right. And a golf course isn't something that's going to generate as much as you need generated in that area. So maybe a top a top golf down there. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, That's a good I've idea. Heard, yeah. I've heard rumors that there's one being built, supposedly going to be going into Lexington. But there's issues regarding the land or something out there. But I would think that maybe with this coming about, that maybe the universities should try to poke the bear and see if they could steal it away from Lexington and move it into their property. Because I think that would be a great thing there. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad idea. So are you thinking about something along the lines of amusement park type stuff too? Like well, you got go karts well, or putt putt or you're mentioning well, top golf, things like that. Who are you selling this more to? Children or um adults in you know, or college age? I mean are well, you trying to take people away from five points vista area? Adults to, um, adults go where their children go. If you're talking about year round activity, um I mean, I don't know what else you could put out there that's going to attract year-round traffic. And, and you know, let's throw something else out here. Look at Bull Street. What was Bull Street supposed to do? And it's still floundering. Is it? it I don't think it's floundering. It's Well, how much is out there yet? Well, it's coming. The first I mean, things that have been built out there have already closed. I don't know. I see a bunch of, every time I drive down Bull Street, <laughs> I see a bunch of, cranes and i see a bunch of building going on yeah but it's only been going on for 10 years well it takes time but do you see what i'm saying though if you can't get that thing up and going i mean they're going to be going against each other as ray tanner said to me today half glass half full phil not half empty glass half full all i have to say is Two things, new bathrooms and a Hall of Fame, and I'd be happy. I don't care what else they do with the rest. That's a, I, The Hall of Fame's a great idea, that's, that's the a, and they definitely need something along those lines. Absolutely need a Hall of Fame, yes. Exactly. Yeah. And something that's going to go around so that sea wells, when you're driving by, sea wells will be the center point of the whole area. Well, absolutely. I mean, just follow your nose, the aroma. We'll, uh, exactly. we'll take you there. All right, we've got to go. Thank you very much, Andy. Y'all have a great day. Yep, thank you. Yeah, I love the idea about the Hall of Fame, Chris. So that's, I, I would agree. That's a no-brainer.
Yeah, that really out is. There. If you're going to expand that, that would be perfect to have an exhibit, sort of like the College Football Hall of Fame in downtown Atlanta. They've that, not to that degree, but they've had a lot of success with that, having a standalone building for that purpose alone. You know, why couldn't they? Well. Why, why couldn't they work hand in hand with the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame? It's a great idea because the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame needs a home, deserves a home. Uh, USC Athletic Hall of Fame needs a home, deserves a home. I mean, the two could work hand in hand if they can. I don't know how you make that happen, uh, but they got new leadership over at the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame with um, Andy Solomon and Bill DeAndre and Tony Shufo and the other guys there. And um, you know, it's a new era for them. Maybe thinking of in a in a new way. I mean, I'm not not to say that the previous administration there didn't think the same way. They they too wanted to have a place for the Hall of Fame. They just never could find the right situation. So, well, you know what? We'll pose these questions and more to Ray Tanner. He's going to join us here after this bottom of the hour break on Sports Talk, and we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel all with you. Hang in there with us because we're in day two of our new studio, and we're still kind of feeling our way through everything, making sure, you know, you're in one studio for so many years, and everything is just, it's like muscle memory. Everything is so uh, easy and natural to you. You just react, and everything is right there. You know where to look, and and poor Pat, he's like... uh, you know, he's like a blind man in the dark here. He's trying to figure out where everything <laughs> is again, get used to where everything is, because everything's different. This A computer that he was used to being over here is now over there. Got a new board he's trying to learn. Whatever. People don't want to hear about our problems. I'm just telling you, that's why uh, sometimes uh, we have a little bit of a, a bump. But by tomorrow, we promise to be uh, completely uh, smooth with everything once again. With that being said, that's as they the put promise, on... Phil. Huh? I said that's quite the promise. By tomorrow? <clears throat> By period. <laughs> what? To ever Been doing this show for what thirty six years now? We're still trying to get it right. That's true. That's true. With that being said, <laughs> like they put on their tweets when they're about to make a an announcement, they're going into the transfer portal or making a commitment. With that being said, and respect my decision. There we go. We uh, welcome in USC athletics director Ray Tanner. Back to Sports Talk once again. Good evening, Coach. How are you? Good evening, sir. How are you doing? It, we're doing great. Great seeing you today. I don't know. Um, you've been involved with a, a lot of big announcements during your time at South Carolina related to uh, championships and related to coaches being hired. Uh, but this announcement today, I don't know. How do you compare – what you're getting into now with some of the other things you've done during your time at South Carolina. Well, you're right. There have been a lot of, a lot of great opportunities, a lot of celebrations, a lot of days to be excited about over you know, my time here. And, and certainly today was in that group. It, this is an opportunity to move forward in a formal way with um, the request for information that we have granted to move forward with 
approximately 800 acres that we have of land around near Williams Bryce, adjacent to Williams Bryce, now my Colonial Life Arena. So, you know, it's exciting. You know, we you were with us this morning, I guess, when we met, and then um, you know this afternoon some more conversations that we had. But this is just a chance that the, the University of South Carolina, our football program, and uh, the athletic department, the city, everybody has a chance to do something maybe bigger than that we've ever done um, around one of our venues that benefits everybody concerned. You know, when I talk today about our student athletes, our students, students, student section, fan base, general seating, everybody. And uh, we're, we're excited about it. There's a ways to go, of course, but this hasn't, this wasn't born two weeks ago. This was something that conversations maybe ensued as, as long as almost two years ago. And now we're at a point that we're going to, we're going to do our very best to move forward. Um, as, as you were part of today, the request for information is out. And then uh, about four weeks, we'll, we'll try to figure out where we are exactly as we continue down this path. But there's a lot to be excited about that really could change the landscape of what we've been used to for so many years. Absolutely. So in your perfect vision of what you think might happen down the road, what do you see? I mean, when you were talking with your people about this and spitballing and this is what you had in mind, maybe some others, but your grand scheme of what you think you will see here at the end of the day, just and I know things can take a lot of twists and turns, but what do you envision for this project? Well, you're, you're really good about trying to get me in trouble every time I talk to you. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, limited to, I'm limited to what I can say, but I'll just, I'll just tell you this. Um, if you had the opportunity to have as much land as we do, and there's interest in moving forward with a developer or, de- or developers, that you can enhance opportunities in so many ways across so many boundaries and nothing is off limits. No, nothing is off limits. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. we can do a lot of different things. And it's, it's like, um, you know, if I said to you, you've got X amount of land here, what would you put on it? You may think of a lot of different things. Well, that's where we are. And we have, we have drilled down on some things internally that we think would be great for, for everyone, for athletics, and um, for for what we want to do moving forward, for revenue generation, um, for lots of lots of ideas. But I don't want to say anything specific because when we today went down the road, we did with request for information. We'll have we'll have experts uh, across the country come back to us and tell us with what you got, this would work perfectly. Would would also enhance what you already have. It would be a great segue, but it can go from A to Z, Phil. And again, not not really trying to be evasive. There's no. just not a lot that I'm supposed to say at this point. But you can think about things. I'll just share one piece with you. We've got the second um, second to last fewest suites in the conference. Well, we've got over 100 people interested in buying a suite. We don't ha- we don't have 18 suites. We did some clubs during COVID that have been popular. So we've done a lot of things. That's just an example. It's not, that's not just one focal area, but it just shows that you can grow and you can go in so many different directions. So it's not all going to be premium seating or doing suites and all those things may be included, 
but there will be so much more than that. Do you think you'll have a reduction in the overall capacity at Williams-Brice once that's done? Because you have you cut some seats out when you did your last uh, edition of uh, luxury seating. Yeah, possibly, but we don't know yet um, because we may do some things that that maybe increase seating, and we could redo it in a way that, you know, we cut, we'll re- could reduce seating, but also increase in other areas. So I'm not expecting a drastic reduction in seating. Um, you know, one thing that I have spent time doing is looking at a lot of professional models, whether it's baseball, football, mainly, and mm-hmm. looking at their different stadiums. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of those stadiums are, uh, baseball sometimes goes, they go as low as maybe 40,000 for the new stadiums and football is 65, 60, 65, you'll get to 70. We're more than that. A lot of SEC schools are more than that. So there's a possibility, but I don't think it'll be one of those situations where, hey, they've lost 20,000 seats. That's not going to, that's not going to be the case. Sure. Visiting with Ray Tanner, USC AD, about the new stadium project announced today by the university. The first step, of course, to seek, uh, developers to come out and look at things and, and give them an idea now i mean i've thrown out the idea of a casino i know right now that would be illegal <laughs> but if it ever became legal i mean wouldn't you see a casino just like doing gangbusters out there that kind of thing is is what i'm thinking about i mean you guys you you want 24 well you want year-round participation right what you want to develop you want to attract people 365 days a year out to that area correct well i do i do appreciate you bringing that up and this is not uh you know when we talk about the, the stadium project and it'll be referred to that probably a lot mm-hmm. it's more than just a stadium project it's an opportunity to bring people to to the area of williams bryce the colonial life arena area or adjacent to williams bryce um, much more than seven Saturdays a year. You know, this, um, we call it 365. Maybe maybe there are some days off in there, but it is an opportunity to have year-round um, excitement, year-round entertainment, things that are going on uh, on a daily basis where people would come to this area. So um, I share that with you, but I will, you know, you mentioned the casino. I First thing that popped in my mind is we can hire Phil Cornblue as a consultant when we get to get to that part. Consultant, I want to be a pit boss. <laughs> well, maybe you could carry both titles. I want to be the pit boss. Yes, indeed. Just as long as you're not yeah. a blackjack dealer, Phil, I think that would be a detriment to the casino. <laughs> Ray Tanner with us here tonight, athletics director at the University of South Carolina. And coach, you mentioned it's the stadium project, but it could also, in in some regards, be called the arena project. How much different do you envision maybe, and again, trying to not get you into too much trouble, but how much different do you do you look at the landscape around Colonial Life Arena being developed versus what you'll be able to do out near football? In the last few years, there's been a lot more energy over in that area and what the city has done and the university has done around the Colonial Life Arena. And there's opportunities in that space because there's property there to grow and do some things and have some exciting additions. Uh, potentially outside of the Colonial Life Arena. Inside, we we did celebrate 20 years, as you know, of Colonial Life Arena. And, um, you know, we were 82nd in the world with the number of events that we've had there. And while it is a really good arena, there's certainly opportunities that we could do some upgrades when that time comes, and this may be part of that as well. So 
we'll see if we can do we want to do everything and all things um but um to be determined but but uh you know i mentioned today the acreage that we have the opportunities for developers to come in that would be interested it can be uh, a wonderful partnership and an exciting time for for everybody the city the state our university and athletic department so we're, we're excited i think you could tell this morning when you and i visited that this is a, a chance to to move forward in a big way that um um you know may take a few years to get there but we're excited about what the future holds absolutely will this be a situation where it's possible you're going to have multiple developers involved kind of at the same time i mean maybe one group doing this another group doing that another group doing that is that is that how this thing's going to work, uh, play its way out as you you know look across the country for people to become involved I, well i'm i'm not a, an expert there and i'll probably speak out of school but i i, I think that's a probably possibility that that could be the case because it it's a massive it, it could be a massive project and it's not that we have to you know create the world's fair right away but hmm. you know it could be some phases but uh, i'm not looking at five six seven phases i'm looking at maybe a couple of phases maybe three but it certainly could be more than one developer I, I don't know for sure maybe there maybe there is one central developer but we'll see when we get to that point and um but it is exciting i mean it's just uh, a chance and there's a process to go through it's a state project we've got a lot of work to do uh, but we've done a lot of work to get to this point, and we'll continue to move forward and, and advance uh, what we've been able to do over here. As you know, in the last ever how many years, we've improved our athletic facilities in a big way. We compete in a, a conference that is very, very difficult to be successful in, and you have to do facilities. You have to create environments, fan experience, and all those things. But it also will create jobs with what we're planning to do, and it, it will mean so much to so many people and hopefully it'll be just a, a win for everybody involved i mean i know you look at this as a university thing as a team thing but when this is over and it's going to be a few years um you, you think you can look back at this as maybe being your crowning achievement as your uh, days as ad at south carolina i mean ad's like you know they like to look at what they've built in terms of buildings during their times at their particular universities. Could this kind of be your crowning achievement? I would never, I would never even thought about that question. And I, you know, from a previous life that I lived, it was never, never an I thing. It was always a we thing. And that's, that's where we are today. I mean, this project where so many people uh, have been involved and, and I'm glad to be a part of it, but this is definitely a we opportunity for, the leadership that we have with our board of trustees and Dr. Amaritas as our president now, there's been, it, it's a way to get to where we are. So I wouldn't, I would never look back. I would like to say one day, you know what, I was, I was a part of that, but that would be to the extent. I, I know as you were alluding to, there, there are a lot of, a lot of people or ADs, if you will, across the country that get, get credit for a lot of things. I, I don't care to be in that category. It's, it's, um, I like to be a part of things that are are successful and good, but um, it's just a part. It's a you accomplish things with with a lot of people, and um, together everyone accomplishes more. Feel yeah. that's what the team's all about. Absolutely. 
Listen, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you for hanging in there with us through our little glitch there. Great talking to you again. This is going to really, truly be uh, an exciting project for uh, USC. Looking forward to seeing what you guys uh, develop. A casino, I think, uh, would be a great idea. Uh, so just remember where you heard it first when the legislature approves illegal gambling in South Carolina. I understand. I understand that. So we'll we'll be I'll keep you keep you guys uh tuned in as we move forward in the the weeks and the months and the years ahead. So we'll stay tuned. Absolutely. We'll have you on to talk about things uh throughout and we thank you sir and have a, a great night. I know you I know you want to go watch the uh the basketball game coming up in a couple of hours. So good luck there and we appreciate your time. Thank you much. Okay, Thanks, thank you. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Sorry about the glitches. Uh, don't know what happened there with the computer and everything else, but for the most part, we got everything in that we wanted to get in. And uh, I think Chris wanted to know what kind of tulips they were going to plant around the <laughs> Colonial Life Arena. It's important. To that is absolutely important. Yeah. Got to have color. Got to have color. Uh, thanks to uh, Ray Tanner for being with us, though. Appreciate him uh, sharing with us what he could. I mean, like he said, there's things he can't talk about because I guess you can't talk about them until you actually have uh, have developers in place and you're ready to start moving forward, right? Now, in your story, and it was basically in the release that they sent out earlier today, they talked about anticipating getting back the first draft, or uh, was it approval that they anticipate getting back in March? What's coming back so relatively quickly? March the 7th, they are expecting the results of the RFI. Now, you know, Pat's in the real estate business. He could probably uh, talk more about this than we can, but RFI, I imagine that means that's their developers are going to start responding and they expect okay, so to have those to go back at that point in time, right? Well, they'll have well, and then you know your developers have to come in, look at the sites, mm-hmm. um, and maybe even come in before that and look at the sites before they fill out their RFIs and all that kind of stuff. But that's the first thing, and then you, I guess, um, you have to decide on who you're going to work with. You know, who's got the money, who's got the idea, and who you're going to sign agreements with. So that would be the next step, and then they can start turning the dirt. And building the uh, Cockadoodle Casino. Cockadoodle Casino. Like there you go. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number 888 898 2525. That's 888 898 2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, we're back on Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network here on a Tuesday night. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Thanks again to Ray Tanner for being with us. Hope you got some good insight, some good understanding about what they're doing with this stadium project that uh, they commenced today. It's going to be something to watch over the next uh, months and years as this thing plays out and we see what they develop over there at South Carolina. Bottom line is you still got to have a good football team. You still got to have a good basketball team for the fan enhancement to uh to kick in, to have the enjoyment of being a fan, right? Who wants to go and do all those things externally and then go watch a, a bad football team or a bad basketball team? And that's part of it. You got to you still got to stay competitive. Now how all this factors in? I mean, I got to believe from a recruiting standpoint, especially from a football uh, side of things, Chris, that 
uh, once this is uh, built and you got all this stuff going on around the stadium and you bring recruits in and and say um, they can stay at the hotel, they can use, uh, I'm assuming, a hotel, they can stay at the hotel right there out uh, in this uh, project, in this whatever they're going to call this thing, and out near the stadium or out near the football offices. Uh, I mean that'll be sweet, and um, those are those are things that are you know something that recruits and their families look at in terms of convenience and things like that. So um, that would be a positive. I mean, I, it would only enhance their recruiting. I would say moving forward. I mean, not even even when you're recruiting now and you're Shane Beamer and the staff, and you can show the families and the athletes see this is what we're doing moving forward we never stop here we're always uh, building and looking to get better your idea about a uh, five-star hotel type deal just for the uh, football team uh, makes a lot of sense because uh, when we were out at Arkansas State over the weekend that's exactly what they built they actually built an embassy suites really nice hotel right on between the uh, the border between the uh, basketball arena and the football stadium and their football team, believe it or not, this thing is on campus, but their football team stays in there on home weekends. So the visiting teams can't come in. They actually have to stay way out of town. Heck, I think Coastal normally stays in Memphis, which is about an hour's drive from Jonesboro. So I, I can easily see USC taking advantage of that opportunity and Shane Beamer sequestering his football team in that facility whenever it gets built just down the road from the stadium. Okay, our phone number, 888-898-2525. Outside of Andy, haven't had any chance to take any other phone calls. So if you want to join us, now's a good time. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. Here on Sports Talk, we've talked about uh, the basketball uh, coming up tonight, South Carolina, Missouri, and that's the the primary one uh, around here. The Gamecocks are eight and fifteen, one and nine in the SEC. Missouri is seventeen and six and five and five, having a good year. Bubble team, as far as the NCAA tournament is concerned, right now, I would say this has been a tight series over the years between the Gamecocks and the Missouri Tigers, and. You know, South Carolina, uh, in in two of their last three games, uh, highly competitive. Chance to win at Georgia, didn't get it done. Chance to win at uh, at home against Arkansas Saturday, couldn't get it done. This uh, Missouri team, this is where it becomes a problem. They average 82 points per game. Mm-hmm. The Gamecocks average 64. They are 333rd nationally in scoring. Uh, Missouri's giving up about 75. The Gamecocks are giving up about 73. And uh, Missouri shoots about 48% from the floor. Gamecocks, 39%. I mean, the shooting numbers are totally lopsided. Uh, Well, three points, not too bad. 35.4 for Missouri, 32.3 for the Gamecocks. Free throw percentage, big advantage to Missouri, 75.5 to 63 almost 64% from the line for the Gamecocks. You mentioned the, the turnover factor, uh, and that will be big. Uh, Gamecocks are averaging over 13 turnovers per game. Uh, Missouri averages 12 per game, uh, but they turn you over, as you mentioned, one of the best around. Mm-hmm. They turn you over 18 times per game. Yeah. So yeah, this could, this could get ugly the for the Gamecocks mm-hmm. if they don't protect the ball. That's that's the key stat to me, Phil. If if they turn it over twenty times tonight, it's going to be a, a long, long night in Columbia, Missouri. If they protect the basketball, that still doesn't necessarily mean they've got a, chan- a chance to win. Missouri's really, really good. And keep in mind, Nick Honor, 
who played at Clemson. That's where he is now after transferring to Missouri, and mm-hmm. he's a key cog to them as well. So at least there's a familiar face for USC fans on the Missouri side, uh, but uh, obviously not for many, of, if, if at all, any of the players uh, for USC because of the roster turnover. But, yeah, to me, the, the biggest stat line is going to be turnovers. South Carolina's got to find a way to protect the basketball and not turn it over the way they normally do about 14, 15 times a game. And here's the other interesting thing about Missouri's uh, starters. They are all seniors or graduate students. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Honor. He's averaging eight points, about three assists per game. And so he's their starting point guard. And um, everybody else is either a senior or a grad student. So they're an older team, which is big. An older team is something that uh, is very significant. Uh, Missouri has won three of their last four. They did lose to Mississippi State on the road their last time out. All of a sudden, Mississippi State has found something. And that game was 63-52. Prior to that, they won at Ole Miss. They beat Iowa State, and they beat LSU. Uh, They have beaten Arkansas. They beat Arkansas by three, the same Arkansas team that just beat the Gamecocks. They lost to Alabama. Pretty much everybody does. They lost to Florida. They lost at Texas A&M. They lost earlier in the year to Arkansas. They beat Kentucky, just like the Gamecocks did back in – they beat them in December back when Kentucky was still not sure what it's supposed to be. Uh, Kentucky has certainly uh, figured things out here a little bit, and they're playing uh, much better basketball. So this one uh, figures to be a tough, tough outing for the Gamecocks tonight because uh, Missouri is so good turning you over. They score a lot of points, and they get you in an uncomfortable uh, situation handling the basketball. We'll see if the Gamecocks can handle it. And we'll see, uh, you know, if Lamont Paris – does anything with uh, G.G. Jackson if he just trots him out there to start or if he sits him for a few minutes or just what he does related to G.G. Jackson and his infamous uh, Instagram, um, I don't want to say meltdown, but his uh, his spouting off on Instagram after the, the loss to Arkansas. Okay. give our listeners a sense in that Iowa State game, and if you've seen Iowa State play, you know that's a really, really good basketball team. Missouri turned them over 19 times and scored 20 points off those turnovers. Mm-hmm. So forget every other stat out there, unless Carolina shoots 70% from the field, and it doesn't matter. Turnovers is going to be the key to this game. All right, let's go to Will in Surfside Beach for our next phone call tonight right here on Sports Talk. Will, welcome in. How you doing? Thank you, guys. Uh, greetings from Surfside Beach, where Chinese spy balloons go to die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Phil, I, I, I've been in the – and Chris, I've been in the Gamecock for 45 years. I mean, I've seen a lot. I'm, I think, about a year older than you are, uh, Phil. But um, I think what I read today is that what Coach Tanner is in the in USC is asking for is – Number one, send us your pipe dreams, and then maybe later send us send us your serious proposals. And part of that, I think, um, is it is it a worthy thing to consider to enhance, for example, around CLA or in Columbia, hotel rooms that are upscale? Because um, from what I remember, maybe you could, if I'm not on the right track. I remember a few years ago that they were trying maybe to get some NCAA basketball tournaments in, um, I believe, Columbia, and they needed more upscale or full-service hotels. Specifically, they had room service, 
Uh, I don't think I'm confusing Columbia with Charleston. That would help them qualify for for these NCAA events, which require you know sufficient lodging for them to be considered. So, well, in 2019, um, I can tell you, 2019, Columbia hosted NCAA men's first and second round regional. They've hosted right. the women because the women are still playing first and second round on home sites. That's not a big deal. Uh, but this was a big deal to have these other uh, these these eight teams. South Carolina wasn't involved as a team, but to have these teams come in and bring their fans, and they used the Columbia Convention Center. I was over there a lot. Everything went as smoothly as you could ask. Seemed like the teams had a terrific experience there, uh, but they haven't had it since, and they haven't been awarded one since. And the problem is that there's not a enough hotel space scott powers from columbia sc uh has joined us uh, several times on the program uh, and he said the problem they're running into is they don't have enough large enough hotels around downtown columbia to host these teams and their fans the way the ncaa requires it so the chances right now of south carolina uh, getting a host site again in the uh, anytime in the near future appears to be uh, really slim. Even though they did an excellent job, they did an excellent job. Everybody involved did an excellent job when they hosted it in 2019. Nobody complained about anything. But I guess you have to have a minimum number of hotel beds. Uh, you have to have hotels big enough to handle uh, team meetings. I mean, there are some nice hotels around downtown Columbia, but they're basically what those boutique hotel type things i mean they're just they're not set up as conference hotels and um holding having you know big crowds and things like that that i can tell at this point well i I think it would be if we're going to go down this think big road that obviously coach tanner and usc is wanting to do which i fully support i i think we ought to try to to get enough of these hotel rooms to to compete on a bigger scale Hey, I think, as somebody who lives in Columbia, I'm all for it. I think that's a great idea. Uh, Columbia needs more and more. Columbia needs to continue growing and building, and they're doing a lot of that right now. I mean, the explosion of accommodations for students and the like is incredible around downtown Columbia and also on the university campus. What they're building on the back side of the campus where – uh, the Bates House uh, used to be, right? Have they knocked down the Bates House to build this stuff? I think they have. Uh, or over there where Bates is and Bates West, um, that's a massive building they're putting up there. It used to be where the married uh, folks used to live. I don't know what it's going to be now, some type of student housing. they got that going up all over Columbia right now. So that's wow. tremendous. That That's tremendous. Well, well, maybe if they could get Richland County, the city of Columbia, and Lexington County to – get on the same page and you know make get better convention facilities and, and be part of you know a you know uh, uh, an overall you know big picture plan i think that you know everyone could benefit from that and so um but but anyway thanks for all you guys do and um have a good evening thank you sir great hearing from you down at the uh, Surfside. man i tell you what great weather today in south carolina would have loved to have gone down to uh, like Surfside or Garden City or we'll be there next week. <laughs> hey, we'll be there next week for the South Carolina Football Coaches Association Clinic. And um, I'm not sure what I'm going to clinic on this year. 
I was there Will Muschamp's first year at South Carolina, and I sat in on his uh, talk. And, man, he got so technical about defensive ends and where their <laughs> thumbs need to be and their elbows need to be in here and have that foot over there. And, man, he was just breaking it. It was, pretty, it was, it was impressive. Don't get me wrong. He was breaking it down left and right for him. You know, and people walked out saying, boy, that guy knows some football now. He knows some he football. Does. Yeah. He just had a hard time sort of CEOing football. I think he's in a perfect scenario. He needs to stay as an assistant coach or an analyst because I think that wealth of knowledge that you pointed out can benefit. And obviously, it's worked pretty well at Georgia here the past couple of years. Absolutely. All right, let's continue on the phones. 888 898 2525 is our phone number. We will go next to. Um, Hank in Columbia. Hank, welcome into Sports Talk. Been a while. Great to have you with us. Hey, welcome to Corn. I was, I was trying to make sure that you, that you mentioned it. Uh, uh, Leah Boston was the SEC Player of the Week. Oh, uh, Leah Boston was the SEC Player of the Week. And Raven Johnson was the SEC Freshman of the Week. Hey, you know what? It's not new. Boy, you know, you got man, so much hate. So much you hate. You know, dog, <laughs> dog biting man is not a news story, but man biting dog is a news story. So how many times has Aaliyah Boston won SEC Player of the Week? Uh, oh, no, but, you, they, but yeah, now you'll announce the – the the Furman SoCon Conference Player of the Week. Uh, somebody that's because day. that's a rarity. Right, they're right here in town. <laughs> that's a that's a rarity. That's a, let me ask well, you this, Hank. I know they got Auburn. On them now. I, I know I know they got Auburn to deal with on Thursday night. Not looking past anybody, but I mean, how yeah, jacked up, pumped up, fired up. Their their second team could blow out Auburn. How, that is not going to be a challenge. How how jacked Auburn. up, pumped up, fired up are you about this LSU game? Uh, I mean, it's gonna I mean, it's gonna be a sold out game. I mean, I'm not really too jacked up. I mean, I don't. Uh, we we focus on Auburn. I don't think that. Uh, I think the LSU game will be there when we get there on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think folks who don't pay attention to a lot of basketball uh, are gonna think it's gonna be much of a different type of game than I think it's gonna be. But we'll see. Now, are you mad <laughs> at Dawn for not wearing a Gamecock attire during that uh, game at no, Connecticut? That's. That's the first of all. I went back and looked at the game uh, when she was wearing the Eagles wear that she does, and she did this the last time they won the championship. She did. She does this anytime the Eagles get toward the Super Bowl. So it's not even the first time she's done this. She mm-hmm. did this back in 2017 when Asia was won the championship, leading up to the um, game. There was nothing on that Eagles jersey that signified a different sports company. There was no Under Armour on it, no swoosh on it, no Adidas on it. But that's not the point, up. Hank. It's the fact that it's not <laughs> South Carolina. It doesn't matter whether it says Under Armour, what? Nike, or whatever. Two wrongs don't make a right. She should, well, if she's not going to dress me, up, she this. needs to be in Carolina gear on the sidelines. Well, let me let opinion. me say let me say let me ask you this though. I didn't hear all the outrage. I'm a Frank guy. I like Frank now, and I like Paris. I like Paris. So it's not it has nothing to do with Paris. Mm-hmm. I was a Frank guy. I went to many of those games. I went to when the games were empty. The last couple of years of Frank, sometimes he would wear, it's called a Cuban gig shirt. And I'm a, I'm a musician, so a lot of musicians use these shirts during gigs. You're a musician? But he wore, You're a musician? Yeah, 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 I am. What do you play? And he, I play bass guitar, Ooh. trombone, and a number of nice. other instruments. I play uh, a lot of bass guitar. I bet you got a sexy and voice. So, so he wear. I, I'm a musician, saying I'm not a singer, <laughs> but uh, but he wore a number of times. He wore 
Cuban shirts with slacks as a kind of a tip to his culture. Mm-hmm. There were no, there were no people on there saying he should wear a Carolina a shirt. He should wear a Carolina so and so and so and so. There were many games. I think Corn, you were at where you saw him wear those type shirts. Did yeah, I thought that was uh, on it though. Uh, yeah, I thought that was. Huh? Did it have a different school or different team logo on no, it? No, but it, wait, the Eagles are not my a point. Eagles are not a school. I'm not really. I'm not really that's bothered by the fact that fact that uh, Don wore the uh, Chris is the one that's on the uh, war path over that. I'm not all oh, that. Okay. I'm not well, all that and, twisted and all about it. it. Other things have twisted reason, me, but not that. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason I say that is. You saw that, and it was no different than when um, Jay Wright for Villanova would wear the Armani suits <laughs> um, instead of, mm. you know, you know he had that thing. Greg Marshall had that thing of the suits. Now before this, most of the male, most of the male coaches were getting um, they get a clothing allowance from what the thing Britons or whatever in five mm-hmm. points. Correct. But but. Some of them don't even weren't even using that because they wore what they wanted to wear. So I just think sometimes we we pick up on something when it's someone, but we don't pick up on it when it was the others. When Frank was <laughs> Frank was Trust me, if, if, if are you Frank suggesting Hankins, are you suggesting Beamer, that, that we're Shane picking on Don Staley? Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> no, 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 no. It, 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 it didn't come from y'all. It came from some UConn fans that jumped on there and said yeah, it. Yeah. But then they got a coach that gets in the press conference. A year ago, and calls his own players dumbasses. Oh, <laughs> remember Gino said that. Gino yes, said I do. That in a yeah. post game press conference. But you know he's Gino, and he's like Jim Beheim, and he can say it, and then he can uh, apologize, and all is good. <laughs> so that's what I'm. That's all I'm saying. I, there's a lot of. I don't think the female coaches that I've known of get the clothing allowance. So Dawn has worn a lot of different things, and her fashion has become a part of her stick when you watch their pregame shows and you hear them talk about what they call drip nowadays, her fashion has become a big part of it. And other coaches across the country have done the same with female coaches. They ain't getting the, they ain't getting the clothing allowance like the men. <laughs> Why is that? Well, that, I mean, that's something you have to take up with the university, but when somebody starts talking about telling her what to wear, Look, you look at those men's contracts, and you look over at the female contracts; they're not the same. <laughs> okay, uh, thanks very much. Let us know, uh, Chris, and I want to be at your next gig. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, do you yeah, do I, bar mitzvahs? Do you do bar mitzvahs? Do you do oh, weddings? Mm, 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 uh, I, I do a lot of stuff toward the beach, so I would see Chris Moore in Florence. There's okay, a lot of musicians cool. in Florence. Well, he's going to come out. You got, what's the name of your What's the name of your band? Uh, it's called Pearls Vibe. I played a, a number of different uh, areas, but uh, I, I'll send something to Chris Pearl, when, when I'm when we're back out that way. Yeah. What you said, Pearls? Uh, what's the name of that group? Pearls Pearl? Vibe. No, what's that real famous Pearl, group? Vibe, Pearl. Vibe. Pearl what? Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Oh yeah. Are you are you are you related to Pearl Jam? No, no, no. Okay, no. Pearl Vibe. All right, Chris. Yeah. You are on notice to go out and enjoy a night with Pearl Vibe. Love it. Or Pearl <laughs> Jam. Pearl Vibe. Pearl Vibe. Yeah. And look up Hank. Hank's the. Are you the bass guitar player? You got this really cool back bass there. Guitar, playing the, bass, yeah, bass guitar player. Yeah, those are so cool. Okay, thank you, Hank. Appreciate that. All right. Now, are Hank? You know, mostly uh, bass guitarists are usually stoned, aren't they? Aren't they just sitting back there and they're just stoned out of their minds, Pat? And you know, because they just barely move. They don't. 
sing, and he just barely uh, touched their little bass guitar. Wait, why are you asking me this? I'm just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't asked me a question on that. Hey, those guys are stoned. You would know about that, right? Come on. <laughs> All right, Hank, thank you very much. We appreciate that. And let me clarify. I, yeah. The problem I have, and I would, if, if Shane Beamer, as I mentioned last night, if he came out in a Pittsburgh Steelers sweater vest or a Pittsburgh Steelers jersey for their matchup with Tennessee this past year, what do you think their reaction would have been? People would have gone berserk. He's not wearing Carolina stuff on the side. That's the only problem I have. Coach Staley's welcome to wear whatever she wants. If she doesn't want to dress up, though, uh, you know, as coaches have started to meander away from that, I guarantee you, Hank, she's got enough uh, enough of a clothing allowance from Under Armour that she can pull out a Carolina sweatshirt or a Carolina polo shirt. I mean, I'm pretty sure she's got one or two of those. Well, I, that's my only point. I imagine only thing that she will be wearing that. an uh, an Eagles jersey uh, Thursday sure night at Auburn, and since and they'll be playing Sunday against LSU, yeah, because she said she'll be wearing Eagles attire up until the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. You know, if she also were to continue wearing her eagles garb but maybe threw on a gamecocks hat or like a, a gamecock patch on her shirt or something would that would that be sufficient would that, no, be that like make you happy chris would that make you happy no it wouldn't because she's she's <laughs> representing the university of south carolina she's paid by the university of south carolina she her team wears usc gear i don't see why it's a problem that she can't during games she wants to ride home in the eagle stuff wearing on the plane fine but when she's on the game on the game floor, she's representing the University of South Carolina, and she should be attired that way. If only we had Ray Tanner on tonight to ask his thoughts. <laughs> no. Well, every time I <laughs> well, ask him a question, he hung up the phone. If we had, yeah, if we hadn't lost five minutes trying to get him back on the air, we could have gotten into a few other things. But that's, I'm sure that's not something he cared to address no. this particular evening. And again, uh, it's, it's probably not that big a deal. It, that's just something that bothers me. And I get and that. I'm okay with that. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Okay, uh, thank you, Hank, for the phone call. Let me update a couple things. Chad Holbrook is coming up after the break. Catch up on the Cougar baseball team, which, like Coastal Carolina, maybe a, a notch below Coastal last year. They were very good. Remember, they dominated their league. They won their conference by, like, four games, which is almost unheard of. Remember how they dominated last year? Mm-hmm. And then they got to their conference tournament, and they lost, like, their first game in their conference tournament. And then lost another one, and that was it because it's a one-bid league, I believe. And they didn't make the NCAA tournament after looking like a lock. So you know that had to be a burning thing for them. But they do have a – well, I know they got one of the best pitchers in the country in that closer, Prevet, from Chapin. Yes. I watched him when they played in Columbia against Clemson, and uh, he throws smoke. I mean, the Clemson hitters had no – I think he pitched like the last – two or three innings of that ball game and they they could do nothing with him and they weren't alone i mean he was he was tough on everybody he's a first team all-american uh going into this season so we'll talk with chad holbrook after the break about that and then we'll do some recruiting for you uh we'll update the basketball i'll tell you right now it's a uh, pittsburgh leading louisville 16 14 Wake Forest has doubled up North Carolina 34 to 17. Yeah, they look good. They look really good tonight. Wow. And Auburn on top of AM 20 to 14. Ole Miss leads Georgia 17 14. Back in a moment.
All right, we continue on a busy Tuesday night here on Sports Talk. Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, Pat Daniel, and recruiting coming up for you in just a few minutes. Right now, though, we continue to check in on the baseball scene across the state of South Carolina. Teams are going through camp this week and then a few more days next week, and then it's play ball in college baseball around the country and here in South Carolina. One of the teams last year that had a great year came so close to the NCAA tournament the College of Charleston. We welcome in head coach Chad Holbrook. Back to Sports Talk once again. Coach, welcome in. How are you, sir? Bill, how are you doing? Good to be on. Good to have you back with us. Hope you had a, a great offseason. Uh, I don't know. How much did that that tournament, the conference tournament, uh, stick with you uh, through the offseason because you had, had such a great year going until you got to the conference tournament? Yeah, we just didn't, you know, we had a great season. We won the regular season by four games, and, uh, you know, we feel uh, like we had a great regular season. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, in a conference tournament situation, if you don't play your best baseball, and, you know, it can be uh, the end of the season can come in a hurry, and uh, especially when you're at the mid-major level like we are. And, you know, we did. We had an unfortunate game in which we just, didn't didn't play the way we're capable of playing, and our season ended a little bit prematurely, uh, what we had hoped. But, you know, over the course of our 56 games, we played great baseball. Uh, we got a lot of guys back that we're excited about this year. And I hope with what happened in the conference tournament, tournament it motivates our players to, to finish it off this year. Well, I tell you what, it's in a league like that where I guess you're basically a one-bid league, uh, it, it really puts the pressure on you there uh, every game, and especially when you get to your conference tournament. Yeah, you, you try to keep things in perspective. You know, we, we played some great baseball against some really good teams over the course of the whole year. Our, our body of work was an, an impressive, uh, it was an impressive season for us. And uh, so we, we know we, we, we take each and every game with, uh, you know, with equal. Every game's important, especially when you're at the mid-major level. You, I told our team today, you know, we can't take a game off because, you know, we're, we might be a one-bid league. And, and, and obviously, you got to try to play your best baseball in the conference tournament. And uh, so there is some, you know, there's, there's some pressure when it comes to the conference tournament. But at the same point in time, you know, we we treat our games uh, uh, each each regular season game as a great opportunity. Because to be quite honest with you, some of the things in regards to the NCAA tournament become out of our control if we don't win the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we're, we're uh, you know. Sometimes you could be a victim of your RPI or uh, of you know your strength of schedule and, and those kind of things. And all we can try to do is win our next game, and we want our fair share. And hopefully, we'll win the most important ones this year. Even though we felt like we did have a great season last year. Talking with uh, Chad Holbrook, College of Charleston baseball coach, with us tonight here on Sports Talk. How much of your team is back? Because I mean, you know, unless everybody is checking your roster and paying right. really close attention to so many players come and go for so many reasons, how much of your, right. <laughs> let's say, how much of your top 12, 13 everyday players are back? Um, shoot, majority of them, you know, I think we'll return our entire weekend rotation on the, on the mound. Hmm. Uh, we return, we return uh, our consensus All-American in the bullpen and William Privet. Uh, so it, we feel like we got the best closure in college baseball. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he's a preseason All-American once again, the unanimous preseason All-American. So we, we feel good about, you know, our pitching staff is back. We think we're a little bit deeper. 
we lost two position players out of our starting nine last year, so we turned seven to nine everyday players. So we're older. Uh, we feel like we've got a good team. We feel like we've got an experienced team. Uh, but, we, you know, we've got some challenges on our schedule, and it all gets cranked up next week. Well, you mentioned Privet, and uh, I've talked about him a, a few times here going into practice because I've seen the All-American teams come out, and I saw him pitch when you guys beat Clemson in Columbia, and he was he was lights out. And how is he different now than last year? Would you say he's a, a tick or two better or about the same? How would you describe him? Well, I mean, he, he's a great kid. He's a coach's dream because he works so hard. He cares so much. I mean, he, he – uh, does everything right off the field. He's a great student. I mean, he, he's and he works really, really hard on his, on his training and in the weight room. So physically, he looks better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to match what he did last year. I mean, he had an incredible season. I think his stuff is a little bit better than it was a year ago. Now that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna, you know, have have the type of season he did last year. But physically, stuff wise, I mean, he's every bit as good as he was a year ago and. Now, uh, hopefully, we're a little bit deeper. We don't have to rely on him every other game. You know, hopefully, we can give him a little bit of a break and keep him fresh throughout the year. And I think we have a little bit more depth, and uh, we won't have to pitch him, uh, you know, quite as much as we did a year ago. So I think that bodes well for William. That when he does go out there, he'll be fresh and ready, and he'll be at his best. Sure. Coach, if I am not mistaken, comparing last year's non-conference schedule with what you have this year, it looks like this year's schedule is certainly a little more difficult. Was that intentional because of what you talked about earlier, trying to buoy your RPI so you don't run into a situation like perhaps you did last year? Well, you know, we try to play good people all the time. You know, we're, Obviously, the state is such a great baseball state, and, uh, and you know, we obviously we're lucky that we get to do play Clemson twice and we play Coastal Carolina twice and Georgia Southern's got a great program and we get to play those guys twice and obviously we welcome Virginia Tech, you know, for three mm-hmm. game series uh, coming up and then we got Michigan State and, and a couple other good teams, you know, coming to our field as well. So yeah, it is a challenging schedule. It was we try to put together a challenging schedule every year, but sometimes, you know, other you know, maybe the schedules won't work out or maybe it's team wants to play a home and home and it's too difficult for us to play a home and home or whatever for whatever reason but it's uh yeah and, and obviously we have to play 30 conference games this year which is a new thing for us uh with a few additions into our league so it's a little bit different we we're lucky that virginia tech and clemson wants to play us and uh and you know we we play some good in-state teams you know we'll play wofford again this year and you know they had a great season last year so yeah, we're going to have challenges on the schedule for sure, uh, and I do I do hope uh, it was intentional because we certainly want to have the strongest or highest APR we could possibly have. But to get a good APR, you obviously got to go win games. We had Gary Gilmore on from Coastal last night, and he was bemoaning the current state of college baseball and college athletics in general when discussing the uh, name, image, and likeness and how much more difficult it is in his mind for a group of five or mid-major programs to be able to contend. He actually referenced LSU and said they look like a triple-A roster with what they've been able to compile. Hmm. I got the sense from listening to him, Coach, he believes there may be a time on down the road that programs like his, like yours, like Furman, Wofford, and, and the like may not be able to contend, and certainly a, a run like Coastal had back in 2016 may never occur again. Do you see it that way? I mean, I, I think it's too early in the process to really make a determination. I, I do think there are uh, – 
some things out there that are concerning for schools, you know, you know, mid-major schools. But, you know, there's also, you know, there's also opportunities out there as well. And, um, I, you know, the NIL thing is, I think, a really neat thing for, for college athletes. And, you know, if the Power Fives can do it, you know, why can't we? And I say, and I say, I say that in a way I understand that there's a lot more potential donors and there's a lot more interest in NIL at the bigger schools. But if you work, you know, if you work hard and you got people going to bat for you and you got donors that are are really passionate about your programs, um, you know, they can step up for mid-major schools as well. And, uh, well, you know, I'm just foolish enough to think we can, we can put together a few good things NIL wise for our, our kids too. And uh, I hope hopefully that'll that'll happen and that'll occur. Now I might change my mind in a couple of years. You know we're just new at this and we're trying like crazy to to compete with the big boys. And uh, so right now, you know, I'm going to look at it with a glass half full instead of half empty. And uh, and hopefully we can we can find a way to compete. And uh, you know we're one of those sports where there's a lot of good baseball players out there. We're in a, we're 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 grateful that we have a warm climate. So we get to recruit kids that play baseball year-round, and all of them can't go to Clemson in South Carolina. We feel like we can get our fair share of good players, and uh, and and hopefully we can include some NIL, NIL packages with those good players here in the near future. We're certainly going to try to do so. A few more minutes with Chad Holbrook from the Cougars of the College of Charleston. Now, you guys have done some work at Patriots Point, have you not, to improve your facility? Yeah, we are excited about that, and uh, we're going to play on a brand-new field uh, next weekend and it's still not complete yet you know we're, we're working and we'll be working all right up to opening day i think we haven't even practiced on it yet that's how new it's going to be and, but yeah we're, we're uh we're excited about it we got a new a new synthetic turf field going in new new video board new lights new outfield wall and uh we're going to build a new performance center here in the next year or so as well for a new offices uh you know very similar to what's at founders park on a smaller scale but but very similar to what we had at South Carolina. So, yeah, we're excited about the facility we're getting ready to put together here, and I think it's going to be enticing to a lot of recruits out there to, to come to a great city, play in a great facility. Uh, Charleston's very, very unique, and we think we've got a great baseball tradition. So there's a lot to sell here. Absolutely. Uh, last thing, you know, it's kind of – I guess it was a little odd last year. I mean, you were so good. You leaned heavily on your pitching. You didn't right. have the home run power, 53 homers that you're used right. to there, uh, but you didn't give up a lot of homers, only 31, so that's great. So this year's team, um, more of the same, or do you revert to some of the power-laden teams of the past? Well, I, I, the strength of our team is no doubt our pitching staff, but we, we feel great, and, I mean, that's kind of how we recruit our team. That's kind of what we try to do is we want the backbone of our team to be our pitching staff, so that's, uh, we feel great about the health of our pitchers and, and, the, and the talent they have. Now, I... I Last year, you know, we didn't hit a lot of home runs. Our park played big last year. For some whatever reason, the wind was blowing in quite a bit. And I think that's why – I don't think it was necessarily because we lacked power. Uh, and obviously, you know, our opponents struggled to hit the ball out of the park as well because they were playing in the same conditions we were. So, it's uh, – uh, hopefully we'll hit a few more this year. But we do have some speed and we do have a little bit of power. And, and if the wind's blowing in, I hopefully we can win our fair share games with – you know, stealing some bases and taking extra bases and putting pressure on the defense. Uh, hopefully we can win a variety of ways, and I hope one of those ways is with the long ball. And So I think we'll hit 100 home runs. I don't think we're that powerful, but 
but we can put a pretty good lineup in there that can that we feel like can hit the ball out of the park. Well, as always, we appreciate your time with us tonight. Looking forward to the start of the season next week for you and following you guys as we did last year and the year before as you go through mm-hmm. your season. We'll talk to you again and uh, see if this time you can nudge them just a little bit further <laughs> down that road and get into that postseason, huh? You know, we we're, we're, one, thank you for having us on. It means a lot to our program and our players that we get some media attention across the state. And then, two, yeah, I mean, I tell our players all the time, you know, wasn't long ago Stony Brook was in the College World Series, Kent State was in the College World Series, and Coastal Carolina won it. So we have a hope and we dream big here at the mid-major level, and hopefully we can get hot at the right time. Well, best of luck. Always a pleasure talking to you. We'll see you at some point during the season. Talk to you many times, and thank you so much for your time tonight. Thanks so much for having me, Phil. I really appreciate it, You guys. too, sir. Thank Thanks, you. Coach. Thank you. All right. Okay, Chad Holbrook with us here tonight on Sports Talk, talking about the Cougars, and we'll continue talking to some baseball coaches coming up. We're also, of course, going to start diving into football coaches because we got spring practices and uh, recruiting is over for most everybody, so they can talk about their classes and talk about their teams going into the uh, spring. So look forward to doing that coming up. We're going to hit the break and give you the recruiting report on the other side. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Be right back. George Bryant here for Tsunami Bar Sports, and some say the fun is in the winning. I say the fun is in the training, and Tsunami Robbie, what do you say? George, we all know you get more done when you're having fun. This technology is different, it's engaging, but it's also a lot of fun to use. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any Tsunami Bar order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait, order today. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. Show your team pride wherever you go with Founders Federal Credit Union's Collegiate Debit Cards. Get your University of South Carolina and Clemson University debit cards at any Founders office or by calling 1-800-845-1614. Plus, our debit cards are digital wallet ready, so you can pay however you please. Not a member? Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events? Some fans seem angry. They lack civility toward one another. Some even get aggressive and unruly. Time out! What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons like perseverance, respect, and empathy so students can learn and grow as people, not just as players. We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. 
So fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at Interscholastic Athletic Events in South Carolina. This message presented by the SCHSL and the South Carolina Athletic Administrators Association. All right, back on uh, Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Oh, my goodness, let's get moving here. we got to give you the uh, recruiting report brought to you by our good friends over at uh, Seawells. Uh, thank you, Seawells, for another great day of the Daily Luncheon Buffet. Hopefully you got over there to uh, enjoy that. Get yourself a couple of meats and three veggies and uh, delicious uh, beverage and tremendous dessert for only $13 every day, Monday through Friday, Sea Wells across from the state fairgrounds. And for the very best in the catering business, Sea Wells, they are the folks to call. Their phone number is 803-771-7385. Online, SeaWellsCateringSC.com. Let them handle your special event. They'll do a marvelous job, make it even more special. Not only do they plan it for you, they execute it for you, and they clean it up for you. You can't ask for anything more than that. 803-771-7385 is the number. So, cornerback Noah Jenkins, 62200 of Highland Springs, Virginia, he dropped his top five on Monday. USC is firmly in the mix. The other four contenders are Virginia Tech, Pitt, Ole Miss, and Penn State. He visited Columbia January 21st for the Gamecock Junior Day event, and uh, he really enjoyed it there. He said he felt a lot of love that uh, they showed him when he got there. And he really likes uh, Torian Gray and the way he coaches, the way he develops corners, especially big corners like he is. Also, he goes to Highland Springs High School. Chris, do you know who else went to Highland Springs High School? Pat, do you know who else went to Highland Springs High School? I will give you $1 million if you know the answer to this question. What state is Highland Springs in? It's in Virginia. Uh, Can you use Highland wow. Springs in a sentence? <laughs> what is it? Who, who else went to Highland Springs <laughs> High School in Virginia? I'm trying to stall. I will like give you a million me. dollars. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing. Yeah. Wish I did, but Mrs. I don't. Kyrie Irving. Mrs. Frank Beamer. She wasn't a Beamer at oh. the time. But, uh, yeah, Shane Beamer's mother went to Highland Springs High School, so obviously he knows the folks there, knows the coach there really well, and that's a bonus for the Gamecocks. So neither of you win the million dollars tonight. So we'll roll that over to tomorrow night. (laughs) Play sports talk trivia. (laughs) So uh, Jenkins, uh, he has his top five, but still uh, there could be others to jump in there. He has set July 4th for his announcement date. Uh, he has been to Pitt, and he has not been to Pitt, nor Ole Miss. He wants to get to those two, and he might visit some others, but July 4th is the date. And he said he has a good feeling about the school he wants to go to out of his top five. And he said that uh, it's the system itself at that school. He said every school he has right now, they've got a great system, but he said, I feel like this is the environment that fits me, talking about the school that, that leads for him right now. 
Uh, Riverside defensive tackle Marcus Downs, 6'5", 260, was uh, offered by Virginia Tech. He also has offers from Georgia, Auburn, Coastal Carolina, Duke, Georgia State, Liberty, Tulane, Marshall, North Carolina, and James Madison, USC, and Clemson. They know about him, and they are observing him and maybe communicating some. USC and Clemson target wide receiver Ryan Wingo was offered by Alabama, and Georgia also offered him recently. There you go with recruiting tonight here on Sports Talk. We got several comments from the video stream tonight. Uh, Let's see which ones make any sense here. Uh, Phil's getting a lot of audio static. Thank you, Charger Ron. Uh, Frank Rogers says that Chris is on the hot mic. Chris, were you on the hot mic? I think we were during one of our breaks earlier, mm-hmm. and I mentioned it to Pat. Yes. I've, the one thing that uh, Phil, Pat, and I all know, and I appreciate the heads up nonetheless, mm-hmm. is never say anything that you wouldn't say to your mother during a commercial break. Agreed. Always assume every <laughs> mic is hot. Indeed. And yeah. he's right. He is exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so thank you, folks. Let's go to, let's see, we got Stu LC 81 uh A.K.A. Lipstick on a Pig. guess he's talking about what the Gamecocks are doing. Uh, D. Will, they need to take the stadium over 90,000. If Why? they continue winning, regular fans will never get tickets in a few years. Okay? Uh, he also said uh, fans will never go along with a reduction in seats. Okay? Interesting thought. I think that kind of goes against the grain of how mm-hmm. most people are thinking. but um, And Carolina fans actually already have, as you pointed out with Coach Tanner earlier. They've already lopped off some seats yeah. in Williams-Brice. They went from 81, 82 mm-hmm. down to about 77. Clemson fans seem pretty excited about what they did up there, and they lost seats as well. That new Masters suite and uh, the other amenities in the West End Zone had a chance to check out those firsthand this year during a tour, and they're fantastic, and I believe they're not only sold out for this past year, but they have a multi-year wait list. Mm, yeah. I got a feeling, you know, we're going to start seeing a reduction. You know, we've seen it in NASCAR yep. where they've cut back in seats uh, around the tracks, around the country, and I think people are starting to realize that, you know, the older generation, that older generation that always bought tickets, that's, that generation is starting to kind of die out a little bit. And the younger generations not so much into buying tickets as they are just tailgating and staying outside or just watching things from home. With with how nice televisions are today too, with the I mean everybody has a fancy H D TV in their house. You have good surround sound. At home you have the ability to go use the restroom, grab a beer, grab a piece of meat, whatever. If you want me to pay a premium now with the uh, uh ticket sales being through the roof, if you want people to pay a premium for that you have to offer them something aside from just the ball game yeah uh update the basketball my goodness wake forest taking it to north carolina 47 25 they are at halftime that's a terrific performance in the first half by wake pittsburgh thumping louisville but who doesn't 36 to 17 goodwin here a and m 37 auburn 36 they're at the half and georgia Ole miss late in the half tied at 28 Coming up, you've got NC State, Virginia. In the Big Ten, Indiana leading Rutgers 54-45. In the Big East, UConn over Marquette 65-44. That's in the second half. We've also got tonight, I mentioned NC State, Virginia. Of course, South Carolina, Missouri. And later tonight, 
Arkansas, Kentucky. Okay, that's it for the the basketball scoreboard tonight. As we uh, round the corner and head for home, you got any final thoughts there, Mr. Bergen? I do not. That's it? I've used it all. (laughs) Well, let me see. Oh, here's a quick note from Fox Sports PR. The USC-Connecticut game attracted a million eighty-seven thousand viewers, the most watched women's college hoops game ever on Fox. You know, I guess you could say the Foxes were on Fox, but I wouldn't say that because that would be male sh- uh, chauvinistic. And I well, just the rest of that there. that tweet is a little more impressive because Fox doesn't carry all that many women's games. Mm-hmm. Just shows you that the women or the fans will go and find the game wherever it is. Mm-hmm. And it was a big matchup. That will do it. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.